Hi, this is John Moore, and this is the podcast for Tuesday, October 11th for Moore in the Morning from News Talk 1010 AM in Toronto. I better use some Tic Tacs just in case I start kissing her. You know, I'm automatically attracted to beautiful. I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet. You just kiss. I don't even wait. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Whatever you want. Grab them by the <laughs> I can do anything. More in the morning on News Talk 1010. That's the original tape. Donald Trump on a bus. He was on his way to make a guest appearance on a soap opera. He also talks about a woman as the bus approaches and how, how hot she is. And I guess he was going to grab her, too. He's in conversation with a giggling Billy Bush. I love that on Saturday Night Live, Alec Baldwin, making fun of Donald Trump on Saturday, said, That was me 11 years ago. I was a very juvenile 59. Uh, Jim Richards is here <laughs> for the morning brief. And Jim, let's let's admit, anybody who doesn't think Donald Trump is suitable for office would just revel in that tape all through the weekend. What amazed me, and you must be seeing the same stuff mm. on Facebook, is all the people still trying to figure out how to defend talking like that. Like that, uh, you know, Bill Clinton being a pig yep. is supposed to be a defense, that we all talk about that. I'm sorry, in my locker room, mostly people talk about stocks. <laughs> Yeah, I, first of all, I think there might be something to the fact that guys talk about, oh, that woman might be beautiful or this or that, but you don't talk about, you know, sexually assaulting her or doing this or that, or uh, you can just go up and start kissing them. I love the fact over the weekend that Tic Tac actually had to come out and <laughs> yes. uh, distance themselves from Donald Trump and any sort of activity as if people thought that, you know, Tic Tacs gave you this uh, overconfident, almost kind of alcohol kind of yeah. self-confidence. Well, we actually have you uh, SNL making fun of the fact that now we've had two candies if I had to oh, that's recuse true. themselves from the uh, election. Mr. Trump, this leaked audio shows you saying, um, you know, I can't, I can't quite say it on live television, um, but basically, uh, you said you wanted to, to grab them by the. <laughs> and I would like to take this time to formally apologize. What? What are you saying? I deeply apologize. <laughs> Are you trying to say apologize? No, I would never do that. What I am doing is apologizing to all the people who were offended by my statements, but more importantly, uh, to the people who were turned on by them. I hear it's really 50-50. Uh, okay, but Mr. Trump, why would you say these horrible things in the first place? Uh, come on, Brooke. I was trying to look cool. I mean, what normal red-blooded American doesn't want to impress the Billy Bush? <laughs> also, P.S., you have to admit it's kind of funny that the only Bush who matters in this general election is Billy. All right, so that's Alec really Baldwin funny. asked Donald Trump, although yeah. sounding a bit more like his impression of Tony Bennett, to oh, be it honest. Does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so funny. Honestly, um, I, do you, I mean, I I saw something on Twitter yesterday, Jim, where it looked like there was something going on on a U.S. military base, might be an attack, turns out to have been nothing. But I thought, okay, maybe some things might still play in Donald Trump's favor, or do you think it's just done? Well, I think it's been done for a long time, but I think that, you know, when the, the mainstream Republicans, because everybody who criticizes Donald Trump, everybody, you know, says, oh, that's the left or blah, blah, blah. You know, the main mainstream uh, conservative Republicans who are not evangelical, which is really ironic how evangelicals can still wrap themselves around this guy. I mean, if if this was Barack Obama saying grabbing women, you know, there, yeah. and if Barack Obama had three wives and five kids, 
kids with three wives that anybody would give this guy the uh, the time of day. It just would not happen. But people keep on, you know, going on a bridge too far that they try to build for this guy just because, you know, it, it suits a storyline that they have that he's a, a great candidate and clearly he's not. Yeah. And, and the debate on Sunday night, I actually think that people have been talking about, and you see the video of um, him, Trump, looming over Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. That she did that. Yeah. This is why it's sheer and utter genius. If somebody advised her, cross over to his part of the set, come between him and the camera, and it's going to look like he's haunting you. And it, what kills me is most people are obsessed with him haunting her. Very few people seem to realize that she's the one who staged it. She's the one who put herself in that position. And both, I, I don't know, to me, for a while, it looked like they both had Fitbits on and they were just trying to do as much walking as they could <laughs> to, to drop some calories. I thought he was pretty good, though. I mean, he, did, he wasn't unhinged and uh, he stayed on message. But I don't know how much you can stay on message. Like people were thinking that there was going to be some sort of miracle coming out of these debates that they would be able to swing people in the way they feel about the whole thing, right? Yeah, now. and and we'll move on to other stuff because it is a foreign country's election, but what a show. Um, what I found bizarre was that Hillary Clinton was offered a, you know, dozens of openings where she could have said, aha, well, now I'm going to, and she never did. I guess that's a conscious decision that she's just not going to go there. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why, though, because, uh, well, I guess she sees the poll numbers and the way they've changed uh, over the past couple of weeks and thinks that she doesn't necessarily have to do that. And despite the fact the poll numbers have looked like that, as you've pointed out quite often, John, that the, the electoral college numbers are entirely different than what those poll numbers are. But I guess uh, she thinks just be, if, if his campaign is going low, then she'll stay high. From the minute you get up, we'll keep you up to the minute with Toronto's breaking news, traffic and weather. It's more in the morning. News Talk 1010. Jim, not sure how much time you spend on uh, College Street, but they've been improving things. And the part that's finished is gorgeous. You know, brickwork on the sidewalk and trees with planters and all that stuff. But uh, they reached a breaking point, apparently, with the contractor who's way behind schedule in the city has fired the contractor, but the people in the district are still wondering, okay, now what? Yeah, this, uh, listen, I think this happens all over the place. I think people on Eglinton are like, when is this going to end? And these projects go over. And I know where I live out in Leslieville on Leslie, where they built the new streetcar kind of barn on uh, Lakeshore. That went over by a year. And it's just absolutely miserable. The disregard that the city or the construction people seem to have for local businesses. And this seems to be the same thing. Although uh, with these people, you're not sure who are really to blame because they say that the the city wouldn't ta- tell them what to do with some oil tanks that they found under the sidewalk and yeah. the BIA wanted it done. So they're probably not going to get compensated. But the it just, I, I don't know if it's just particular to this city and different corners and stuff and projects like this. This Richmond Street thing just blocks from us is oh, a I know. complete disaster. I got stuck in it the other day because I'm stupid and I got on Bay Street thinking I'm going up Bay Street. Oh, yeah. crap. Yeah. And they're ripping up streetcar tracks that are never used to replace them. So they're never going to be used because I guess it's the emergency backup uh, where they run streetcars down uh, when they can't go down Queen Street. So, uh, yeah, it's absolutely miserable. But I'm glad to see the city finally would, you know, do something and fire somebody over. Fire a contractor. Yeah, sure. Although the contractor probably is going to sue and they'll probably have to reach a settlement. Then we're going to have to pay another contractor to finish the work. Yeah, exactly. Super. Jim, looking forward to hearing you at 1 p.m. Nice to see you bright and early. If it's real, if it's relevant, it's on more in the morning.
Toronto's breaking news, traffic, and weather continues on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. You can do anything. Whatever you want. Grab him by the <laughs> I can do anything. Uh, as you can see, uh, Billy Bush not joining us today, as you're probably aware. Part of that 2005 Access Hollywood taping with Donald Trump that's been in the news all weekend. NBC, which owns Access Hollywood, has suspended Billy for his role in that conversation pending further review. I was trying to look cool. I mean, what normal red-blooded American doesn't want to impress the Billy Bush? <laughs> also, P.S., you have to admit it's kind of funny that the only Bush who matters in this general election is Billy. All right, lots of audio there, but obviously it started off with the actual tape of Donald Trump uh, in conversation with Billy Bush. It was a taped conversation from 2005 aboard a bus. And uh, he was pretty lewd, and Billy Bush was yucking it up. Well, lo and behold, yesterday, of course, was not a major holiday in the United States, but Billy Bush was absent from television, and a lot of people wondering if this is the end for Billy Bush. Ann Shatilla joins us, award-winning producer of the Hollywood Trend Report and entertainment reporter. Ann, it's good to have you. Good morning. Good morning. All right, so is this the end of Billy Bush? I think so. Uh, I think so. In the days of post um, Brian Williams at NBC, after Matt Lauer didn't um, moderate a town hall um, for Donald Trump and and Hillary Clinton's uh, airing about two months ago, I think NBC realizes they've got to take this seriously, if not for the right reason, just because they've got to. So they've suspended him now from, by the way, People still think he's on Access Hollywood. He isn't. He's the co-host of the Today Show, the 9 a.m. hour. Now we're hearing likely going to be permanent, and I think it probably will be. And Dan, um, I mean, he's a member of the Bush family. When somebody joked it was ironic that the only Bush who mattered in this election yeah. was, was Billy Bush. Yeah. I mean, part of this is that he's not exactly one of the grand treasures at NBC. So, you know, not a lot of people are going to miss him. No, he's not a grand treasure at NBC, but he is known in the broadcasting world. And so the viewers are definitely not going to miss him at all, especially the female viewers who have on social media expressed their feelings about him now. Uh, but now we're hearing that it's probably this suspension is going to be indefinite. Uh, the senior vice president of the Today Show issued an internal memo to the staff, and it read, uh, I'll read it exactly word for word, I know we have all been deeply troubled by the revelations of the past 48 hours. Let me make it clear, there is simply no excuse for Billy's language and behavior on that tape. NBC has decided to suspend Billy pending further review of this matter. So right now NBC is reviewing it. Don't know what that actually means. Um, he initially hadn't been disciplined. Then it was interesting how NBC changed its tune within 24 hours. First it was like, no, no, he's still going to be on. Then all of a sudden on Sunday, late Sunday, it was like, no, no, we're taking him off. So I think they did the wise thing. And Anne, you've been in TV for, I think, 20 years now. I'm, what do you think actually happened here? This would have been in the days, if I'm not mistaken, before digital cameras. So I guess somebody was rolling the camera, maybe without visual, recording the conversation, thought, this is gold, let's hold on to it. And all these years later, I guess the MP3'd it somewhere. Yeah, exactly. But I'm, I'm, I've been really trying to figure out the math of that as well. Why they held on to it, figuring it would be gold, remember, when it happened, he was, he was Donald Trump. He was a, a millionaire, um, maybe a billionaire. 
but I, I don't know that they held on to it going, hmm, and then rubbing their hands together going, hmm, this is going to be gold one day. I think they may have just said, hmm, we can't air this stuff. Like, well, let's just keep this, you know, locked up somewhere. I don't really know how it played out, and I'm trying to figure it out, actually. Okay, and one other uh, entertainment slash news story would be that uh, apparently they recovered one of the items of jewelry stolen from Kim Kardashian, and they recovered it in a very strange place. They did, and it was interesting. It was just the day after the robbery. They had stolen, at the time, more than $10 million worth of jewelry. Now we're hearing that it's around $5.6 million, by the way. Interesting thing happened. A passerby, walking along the street, looks down, finds one of the pieces. It was a platinum-mounted diamond cross pendant created by jeweler Jacob & Company. Value? over 33,000 U.S., now being tested for DNA. Interesting how they do that now. Looks like they had made mistakes. They were in a hurry. In total, there were 13 pieces stolen, um, one being, of course, the $4 million ring that Kanye gave her. Meantime, now we're hearing that she's looking for a body double to uh, throw us off so that we don't know when it's really her and when it's not her. <laughs> and she's reviewing her security procedures Seriously. And thanks a lot. Great to have you. Good morning. That's Anne Shatilla, Emmy Award winning reporter, producer. Her show is called The Hollywood Trend Report. It's uh, 6.53. How would you audition to be a body double? I've got to use some Tic Tacs just in case I start kissing her. You know, I'm automatically attracted to beautiful. I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet. You just kiss. I don't even wait. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Whatever you want. Grab them by the. I could do anything. More in the morning on News Talk 1010. That was Donald Trump recorded in conversation in 2005 when he was 59, not 19. Talking with Billy Bush. And here is generally the line of attack that people who are still holding out for Donald Trump are taking. Here is actor, noted thespian, Shakespearean, Scott Baio. I like Trump because Trump is not a politician. He, he, uh, he talks like a guy. And ladies out there, this is what guys talk about when you're not around. So if you're offended by it, grow up, okay? And by the way, this is what you guys talk about over white wine when you have your brunches. So take easy with your phony outrage. This is the way the world works. It's not a big thing. Maybe Joni didn't love Chachi all that much. Anyway, uh, Steve, is this really, you know, the real world? This is how guys actually talk? John, uh, it doesn't matter how much your money you have. It doesn't mean you got class. This guy's going to have no class at all. If I had a somebody in the dressing room, like, and I've been in a lot. I played junior A hockey. I played all types of rep sports. And you know what? You disassociate yourself with people. You sort of move to the other end of the dressing room if you have dirt bags talking like that. Who would want to bring somebody like that home to your two daughters and your wife to have dinner with? Like, come on. Like, what, what are we coming, what, what is this world coming to? We need class back in our politics and back into our people. Uh, you know, I'm so upset at this. I wish I woke up tomorrow and neither one of these candidates were running for America. They need better than this. Steve, thanks a lot for your call. So uh, there's one person who says, listen, man, guys don't actually talk like this. Uh, Peter, hey, I understand you're, you used to be a firefighter. I was a firefighter for 35 years, and I feel bad for Chachi, but his comments now... Are, now I understand why you don't see him at the Emmys anymore. Um, <laughs> I have never heard anybody talk like that in my 35 years. And the fire department was a very 
male-oriented workplace. It just, it, I'm, it, I'm flabbergasted, especially when I heard his comments just now. Guys do not talk like that. I, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Yeah. Well, thanks, Peter. Appreciate it. And yeah, maybe guys can be. I mean, all people in private can be a little crass. But what he was talking about there was, I'm rich and famous, so I can grab a woman's body any way that I want, and they love it. Sean, you'll get the last word. Yeah, I've uh, wor- I worked construction and I worked maintenance for ten years with salt of the earth guys. But man, I never ever had guys around me talking like that. You know what? The fact is, is that it's. It, this is madman bullcrap. Acton Michaels, editor-in-chief, published a column, the headline, Bonnie's Muslims are molesting teenage girls in Mississauga high schools. His contention is that the uh, mayor of Mississauga, Bonnie Crombie, is beholden to Muslims, that Muslims apparently are by default all rapists. And it goes on and on and on in the most incendiary stuff that you almost think, like, this is the sort of stuff I get from random people who just send me an email. It's not something that actually gets typeset and printed in something called the Mississauga Gazette. Bonnie Crombie, the mayor of Mississauga, is with us. Your Worship, good morning. Good morning, John. And first of all, let me wish you happy belated Thanksgiving. Uh, It's been a terrific Thanksgiving weekend, and to all your listeners as well. Thank you very much. Um, What do you make of this? Let me read you a bit. You heard me correctly. Bonnie Crombie is helping convert Mississauga to Islam so that they can kill her son. Now we know her family and her son. He's not a good... Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's like a screed that somebody would write on Facebook at 2 o'clock in the morning after half a bottle of rye. Well, it's disingenuous, too. This is racist. It's homophobic. And these are flat-out lies in those articles. Articles like that don't have place in civil society. They certainly have no place in Mississauga. Mississauga, and you know us, John, we are a warm, welcoming, tolerant, vibrant, and inclusive city. Uh, We have so many examples how people are compassionate uh, and committed to coming together and supporting one another. Just this weekend, because it was the Thanksgiving weekend, uh, we were running a food campaign, a food drive, One Bag Challenge, uh, and I challenged people to challenge five people and so on. It went viral. It was terrific. But citizens of all cultures and faiths came together to donate food and funds to support the Mississauga Food Bank. One West End uh, Islamic Center group donated $10,000. Another group was so proudly posting on Twitter. They raised a 1,000 pounds of food this weekend, and so it went. So that's the spirit of Mississauga. Okay. And what do you make this Acton Michaels? First of all, do you know Acton Michaels? It's it's not the biggest of cities. I figure you must know the editor of the Gazette. Well, let's just say that, uh, let me start by saying we think he may be a fabrication, if you've seen the recent uh, Toronto Star story. Certainly I confirmed with the chair of the of the school board, Janet McDougall, that the story was in fact a fabrication. It's flat out false. Never has there been a complaint filed with the school, with a teacher, with the principal, with the school at all, or at the school board. It's completely false. The allegations about my family are false, and certainly it would appear from the article that uh, that Acton Michaels may or may not exist. Okay, so do you think that this this might be a prank then? <laughs> I can't speak for that. It's written, it's been published, it's still posted now on a different website, uh, and it's still trash. Are you going to take any action? 
Oh, yes. At this point, we're pursuing all legal options. I have spoken to the police chief. She has signed an investigator. I've made some preliminary inquiries with lawyers. Of course, it was the long weekend, John. So <laughs> uh, it's now back to the work week. So I will be pursuing it this morning as well. Um, but listen, I'm going to continue to stand up for anyone and all people. I, can, I stand up for everyone, as you know, uh, who will undermine our core principles of our civil society. I have no tolerance for intolerance, especially this kind of intolerance. So people can count on me to stand up for them, all people. Bonnie Crombie, thank you very much. Thank you, John, for having me this morning. Bonnie Crombie, mayor of Mississauga. Our newsroom will continue to work on the story because, I, you know, were they pranked? Or did somebody who actually works at the Mississauga Gazette write this bile and publish it thinking that it was a legit story to tell? The Roundtable, brought to you by The Simple Investor, making the world of real estate investment simple. The Free-For-All Roundtable, round one. On round one today, Mark Warner is here, international trade attorney, Jerry Agar from The Jerry Agar Show, Scott Reed, a News Talk 1010 contributor, former advisor to the Prime Minister of Canada, and of course, Christy Blatchford from The National Post is here. Good morning, everybody. Morning. morning. Hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving. I know some of you were actually working yesterday, but um, let's start. We just heard from Bonnie Crombie, her worship, the mayor of Mississauga, about this bizarre article that appeared in something called the Mississauga Gazette. Uh, Christy, let me start with you. I've never heard of the Mississauga Gazette. Do you think we're just being pranked here? I'm not sure. Uh, I've never heard of it either. I imagine it, if it exists at all, it has a pretty finite uh, subscription or readership. So I agree that the whole story is entirely awful and fictitious, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I, you know, I question what you can do about it. If you're being pranked, you're being pranked. And I, frankly, you know, legal actions, et cetera, take a lot of effort and a lot of years. I suspect this is just some... Um, some odd person. Yeah. I was tempted to use a, a British word that often comes to... Uh, but anyway. Yes, yeah, yes I, I was as well. Okay. Uh, Mark, you're the, the attorney here. Bonnie Crombie, the mayor, has called the chief of police to ask her to investigate. I mean, could this come to anything legally? Um, I think so. I mean, from what I understand, that this, is, this group has been around before, that they are, they're known for making these kind of comments about local politicians or public figures in Mississauga. Um, I guess people assume up to this point no one's really gone after them because they haven't picked a higher uh, value target. Um, so yeah, no, I mean you could see I could see a basis of a defamation case if you know if, if there's a house to, to take from the guy or a human rights complaint perhaps yep. and um, anti hatred stuff in the criminal code. It seems. Well, it's not, it's not a one-off thing that somebody stuck up online. I mean, it's, it's an actual website, apparently. I hadn't heard of it either until the story uh, came out. And over the weekend, I thought, well, I'm going to go read the actual uh, article because I'm reading about it. I'd rather actually read it and have more of a clear idea what I'm dealing with here. And I've, apparently, they've taken it down because yeah. I couldn't find it on the site. But there is a site, and there are well, a bunch of articles. I can send it to you if you want. i got yeah. a copy oh, right okay, here. Okay, but, but here's my other point. They, and, and there's many other articles there along the same kind of yeah. theme. Yeah. It's, not, uh, it's not somebody... Madness. That, yeah, well, yes, but what I'm saying is nobody, this isn't a case of like one Facebook no. post somebody made. And, yeah, and they took it down, but the, the weird part is, I mean, I, I don't know if they got legal advice in taking it down, but they also said, we're taking it down because of, you know, everybody hates Canadian values, but by the way, it's now in the public domain, feel free to disseminate it, which is not going to get them off the legal hook, if at least not for defamation. So um, it's, it's an odd story. Yeah. I, I think the thing that's concerning is that this kind of dialogue is increasingly permissible. 
right? Like people go, well, you know what, that's going to happen. And as, you know, as media fragments and as, you know, people, you know, no longer receive their news because a Toronto Star landed on your doorstep at 6 a.m., you picked it up, you read it, and you found out what happened in the world, you know, it's it's open season. People can present themselves as though they're legitimate media. They can say whatever they want. It's difficult to go after them. People have to make evaluations to whether or not it's worth the time, all of that kind of stuff. And so you get a lot of this, you know, junk language, and it's sort of part of a piece of... I think, in diminishing editorial standard. Yeah, there's an upside to that and a downside, and you've explained the downside well. The upside is that now we have uh, we don't have this, this little tiny cadre of people controlling the news, which is what we had for centuries, and now it's, it's kind of open season. It puts more responsibility then on the person consuming the news to know what their source is. Yeah, well, yeah, know, that's, but, that, I mean, with respect, it, it isn't as though it was a small cadre of people controlling the news. It was a small sort of quasi-trained, certainly better trained than the clown we're talking about now, who went to school to learn a a trade, really, who were overseen by handlers and editors and libel lawyers and all of that. I mean, there are recognized professional standards uh, for journalism, and there have been for decades, longer than that, probably. So I, you know, you're right, Jerry, in that, you know, the web has democratized the gathering of news as well as everything else um, in in a very broad sense. But it it's also contributing to the lowering of standards because nobody wants to pay for news anymore. Nobody cares to make the distinctions between what is a proper newspaper and what is a you know, some guy blogging away. So it it cuts both ways, that thing. So, so just very briefly, because I could go on about this forever, but um, it's also a function of the, uh, the concentration that we've had in the media industry in Canada. So are there really other sources of uh, news in Mississauga, right? So as we've had the um, Metroland growing, the Toronto Star yeah. one and the other one, so some of these news stories, now I'm not going to say that the allegation that he's making is right, but he's saying there's a specific incident that's occurred in a school. Now, is that something, that incident, something that's going to be reported in well, the Toronto Star or a Metroland? No, well, Bonnie Crombie says not. she investigated at the school well, level, and it never it. happened. Well, she investigated it. No, but, but Mark, saying, that's not what he's saying. He's not saying there's a specific incident. He was trying to say that it's widespread, it's going on yeah, all the time. Yeah, but he he's saying that there's something. I'm just trying to say that if in a less concentrated media environment... Yeah, but how concentrated have, are we? We've got four major newspapers we, in one city. Well, Mississauga is a, is a separate city. I don't think we do in Mississauga. That's my point. In the media concentration... I'm pretty sure if Muslims were outraged people well, in Mississauga, no, no, no. it might make if it in the media. standard is that there needs to be multiple printed newspapers <clears throat> in the city of Mississauga, sorry, that standard isn't going to be met. I, I go back to what Christy says. I, I, I think that before we contemplate whether or not, you know, this incident happened and how serious we take it, I'm sorry, I can't get to that because of all the crap that is surrounding that sentence. And my challenge is, since it's, it obviously adheres to no professional ethic, I'm not going to take it seriously. And just quickly, on the two, on the four newspapers, John, it's really only two because two of them are owned by uh, two of them three. are owned by the three. Because yeah, two of them are owned by the same person, Sun and Post Media. Yeah, but, but that's not very recent. Open up the Sun, too. open up uh, yeah. National Post. Well, There's a little bit of difference. A time, a bit light. I... Okay, we're getting a little inside <laughs> baseball. We're in journalism. We're fascinated by it. Uh, here's Donald <laughs> Trump. This is an 11-year-old <laughs> tape that was released on Friday. I've got to use some Tic Tacs just in case I start kissing her. You know, I'm automatically attracted to beautiful. I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet. You just kiss. I don't even wait. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Whatever you want. Grab them by the. <laughs> I can do anything. 
His Excellency, the President oh, of the United man, States. Oh, man, Here is oh, Scott Baio with the party line. Scott, noted thespian Scott Baio with the party line on how to defend Donald Trump. I like Trump because Trump is not a politician. He, he, uh, he talks like a guy. And ladies out there, this is what guys talk about when you're not around. So if you're offended by it, grow up. Okay, and by the way, this is what you guys talk about over white wine when you have your brunches. So take easy with your phony outrage. This is the way the world works. It's not a big thing. All right, are we all being very precious here and pretending that we don't talk like that? Because maybe I'm going to the wrong gym, but Scott? (laughs) Rapey loves Chachi. Uh, Look, I... (laughs) I'm really glad to talk about this, actually, because I, I think there is an important distinction to be made, and, and there is a distinction. Do guys talk like slobs when women aren't around? Sometimes. Where does that go? How? Like, let, let's be really brutally honest about it. What is the ambit of that? Like, I come from eastern Ontario, small town eastern Ontario, go to the hunting camp, you know, for once a, once a year for a week, all that kind of stuff, right? Sure, there's all kinds of salty, rough talk. What you don't get, what you don't get, and what gets guys clocked in the chin is when people start saying, oh, well, you know, yeah, and I would grab her here and I would grab her there. Because you know what? It, it does come back to this. People go, well, hang on, right? You're talking about my sister. So, uh, you know, uh, this idea that this is how all men talk and this is the way, no, right? No. And the idea that I'm going to instigate contact with a woman that's unwanted, that isn't the kind of stuff that people joke about. People look at that guy who's saying that and they say, that loser has got some kind of weird small penis insecurity because obviously he has to tell everybody how much he gets and how he gets it. Do and you that's usually kind of think he's just making punched. it up? Yeah, usually. Yeah. For sure, you usually do. And you sort of go, and the guy goes on, you finally say, hey, you know what, jackass? Why don't you go sit at the other end of the bar? Otherwise, you're going to get clocked. Christy, the, the uh, accusation from uh, Chachi was that uh, women talk like this when the men aren't around, too. No, not, 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 none of us, men or women, most of us talk anything remotely like this. Scott's completely right. I mean, and like him, I come from a hockey mining town, very tough place. My own language, as you all know, is uh, is pretty earthy, and I'm, I'm not a pretentious git. But I don't know any men who speak like this. I don't know any of my male friends who wouldn't, as Scott said, pop somebody who did speak like this. And when my women friends and I, certainly we talk about men and we talk about sex, but we don't talk about it in such demeaning terms. And none of us are monstrous egomaniacs (laughs) like Donald Trump. I mean, there is no way that man would ever get lucky, as it were, if he wasn't rich. I mean, he pays for his sex, frankly, you know, one way or the other. Yeah, I think uh, that people, and probably increasingly, uh, women do talk more like this than maybe they did in the past, or maybe they were no, just No, we way... talk saltier, but we don't yes. talk like that. Okay, that's right. And I think it is it is the case that both men and women, not all, but some, will talk in pretty salty language, but not in a, in a sort of a personal basis about an individual. Because when it comes to individuals, I think most of us keep those kinds of intimate affairs um, quiet. We don't talk about that. Uh, it's sort of generalized humor, not, not this sort of thing. Okay, well, let's keep moving here, because... Uh, we could talk about that one forever, I know. But uh, closer to home, we got three stories this morning about stuff that just can't get done on time. Richmond and Bay Intersection is supposed to be open for the rush this morning. It won't be. Uh, College Street is an absolute mess. The city responsible for that work uh, has fired the contractor. And then a lovely story that we read over the weekend about how Detroit and L.A. have all their new uh, light rail, but we still can't get light rail in Toronto. You're a guy who's presided over this sort of stuff in the past, Mark. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's all we've talked about it before. I mean, how does it happen? Well, you know, in the case of the Bombardier one, it's it's bad contracting, I think, largely. It's a you know a preference for a local company and a local company that manages to get its orders on time elsewhere, and obviously that tells us where we rank with them. Um, you know, uh, as for the other stuff, the, the, I've never understood the need for fancy sidewalks in a cold climate where, you know, <laughs> you know where basically, basically everything expands. They're very pretty. Well, they're pretty, but it's not Laura practical. looks great. They're pretty in Milan, but Milan doesn't have our climate, so we're going to be redoing them in two years. You know, anyway, so this is nutty stuff that people go off somewhere and decide they want to do. Um, All right. So... What's the fix then, Jerry? Because a well, lot of people. The fix are... is to hire that Japanese company that can apparently <laughs> build streetcars at four or five uh, uh, a month. Bombardier was fine when they were building the snowmobile in the 60s. But since then, they're just a Canadian welfare case that companies that, for some reason, governments in this country shovel both money and contracts toward and, and then just put up with the poor service. Yes, you should. Give preference to a Canadian company up to a point, but they have long since uh, passed their freshness date on whether they should get any contract. That's the podcast. Thanks a lot for listening. I hope we'll talk again soon.